finished, he said, and we watched as his life ebbed away. Then we all stood around till the guards took him down. Joseph begged for the body that day. It was late afternoon when we got to the tomb, wrapped his body and sealed up the grave. So I know how you feel. His death was so listen and hear what I say. I've just seen Jesus. I tell you he's alive. I've just seen
Amen. Is he that real to you? It's good. He ought to be. And uh, he's an amazing God. Great song there. Uh, Turn your Bibles this evening to Matthew chapter number 15. Matthew chapter 15, a pretty familiar passage this evening, at least a pretty familiar story. And um, read this uh, interaction here with Jesus Christ that this woman had, Matthew chapter 15. It's a passage often used uh, demonstrating uh, great faith, uh, great faith before the Lord. And uh, I find uh, that I am in constant need of my faith increasing and uh, being challenged and, and stirred to grow. And so uh, through the preaching of this word tonight, I trust that that goal will be accomplished in all of our hearts and lives. And uh, as we examine this woman's faith and, and what we can learn from it. In Matthew chapter 15, verse number 21, uh, the story begins, the account begins, Then Jesus went thence and departed from, uh, into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even thou as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And we see Jesus departs from there and continues his ministry. But it's, a, it's an amazing uh, an account of uh, a woman and her great faith towards the Lord. Uh, we live in a, a day and age where faith is... Uh, it's. Uh, It's falling by the wayside. And we use that word generally, faith, as in just belief in a system, maybe. Uh, But that's not so much what I'm talking about tonight as it is belief in a person and uh, and what he can accomplish and what he wants to accomplish in and through us. And so we're going to examine this uh, story this evening and see what we can learn in regards to us increasing our faith. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we do... Uh, Commit this time into your hands. Uh, Lord, we trust that you have a purpose and a plan in our hearts and lives this evening. Lord, I ask that that would be accomplished. May your Holy Spirit guide and direct. Lord, may you speak to our hearts. May we be submitted and humble to obey your word as it uh, is uh, preached to us. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, that you would do a working as only you can. Lord, we know your word is miraculous. From the very beginning, you spoke and things came into existence. Lord, as your word is presented this evening, may it have such, just as such, a powerful impact in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Throughout this passage, there are a series of obstacles that this lady faces when it comes to her presentation or her request of the Lord. And throughout our Christian lives, there is often, or regularly, obstacles that we'll encounter as we travel through this life. 
we find often that there are things that just, uh, well, seemingly appear out of nowhere, uh, catch us off guard or out of left field, the phrase is, and, uh, and we ought to be ready in those very moments, uh, and our faith ought to be strong. When we talk about faith in great quantity, <laughs> we have to put that in perspective, that it is still yet just the size of a mustard seed that would move mountains. An increasing of our faith uh, doesn't have to be in great sums. It just has to be increased. And, uh, and it, we, when we think of comparison in our faith as the side of a, uh, size of a mustard seed, uh, that ought to be humbling and convicting in that simple fact that my faith is still yet smaller than a mustard seed because I have not moved any mountains recently. And, uh, and so there's lots of room for improvement. Can we all agree there? <laughs> If I'm, my goal is a mustard seed, uh, then I must be in trouble. And, uh, but the Lord is gracious, He's merciful, and, uh, and even when we fail, or we take His response as our failure, as we're going to see, uh, there's still strength enough to make that improvement. His Holy Spirit is still with us to guide us and direct us. And so we see this evening the first obstacle that this lady uh, encounters as she has come, this woman of Canaan. And we see in verse number 22, and behold, a woman of Canaan, Canaan uh, that, that's important to note, she's of Canaan. What uh, out of the two breakdowns of people groups in the Bible, what is her people group? Who is she? She's not a Jew, so what's the other one? She's a Gentile, all right? There's the Jew and there's the Gentile. And so she's of Canaan, she's not of Israel. Uh, that's important to note because he's going to bring that up in a few minutes here. And so she's a lady of Canaan, came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Obstacle number one in verse number 23, And he answered her not. I want to pause right there before we get any further. How do you feel when you're ignored? Upset, angry, uh, it, it produces all kinds of emotions and it's one thing to be ignored via text, it's one thing to be via, ignored via phone call or a, a voicemail, it's one thing to be ignored by estranged loved ones, it's a, another thing to be ignored by somebody who is literally standing right in front of you, who you just approached in all humility, in desperation, requesting help. Not just requesting, begging for help. I mean, what humility this woman already possesses as she has come before him and, and, and she's, she's cried unto him saying, have mercy on me. And what a noble request. It's not even for herself. It's for her daughter who's grievously vexed with the devil. And she's ignored. Uh, we'll make this, this will be a reoccurring theme throughout this evening, but I want to make note that when you have hurt feelings, your faith will be hindered. And we're going to see this throughout this whole passage. If this woman had stopped right here and just been hindered because she had been ignored by the Lord, it would have gone no further. Nothing else would have taken place. And it is more common than we might want to admit that our feelings are hurt concerning the faith. And because of that, we're unable to progress in our faith. We're warned of a root of bitterness that springs up in our lives. 
and causes great hindrance to the faith. But we see here this, this obstacle, all right? And uh, she came in, in knowledge of who God is. And I, I want you to note a couple things here that she came to God in, uh, in knowledge of uh, needing mercy. Have mercy on me. She knew that uh, he was the one that was going to provide that. And she knew that she was in need. That's important to note. She knew she had a big problem that she couldn't fix as well. Her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil. She knew that he was the Lord, the son of David, capital S-O-N, son of David. She knew that he was God. She came with great knowledge about who God is. But I want you to notice how she challenged his silence. Great faith challenges silence. Is it possible before we move any further tonight that we have lazy faith? Is it possible that we have lazy faith? There's a a man once who was sent to uh, his his family sent him as it were to his family doctor because he was constant, constantly complaining of being too sick to work. The doctor examined this patient and told him, uh, after he was done the examination, get dressed and let's meet out in the office. And when the man came into the office and sat down, he said, give it to me straight, doc. Don't use any complicated, fancy-sounding medical terms. My family wants the truth in plain English. What's wrong with me? All right, the doctor said. I'll make it as plain as I can. There isn't anything wrong with you. You're just lazy. The man sat in silence for a moment, then said, I see. Now will you give me a complicated, fancy-sounding medical term I can tell my family? (laughs) He didn't like what he heard. (laughs) So he wanted another version of the story so he could go back and report. And it's, I think, very possible that our faith is lazy. The reason that we don't see God accomplish what we have requested of Him is because we stop at the first obstacle that comes across our path. In this instance, she comes begging to the Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter is vexed grievously with a devil. And He answers her not. He answers her not. Silence. But not just silence. It was that that straight-up ignoring. I mean, she came directly to him, to his face, and made this request. And, and we might judge, you know, uh, we might judge her feelings or her emotions or what's going on in this scenario. But I know that if I came to somebody that way, that uh, I wouldn't appreciate it too much if they just didn't respond at all. Say something to me. I mean, I came here to you because I, I know you can help. Why don't you help me? He answered her not. We need more persistence. We need more diligence in our faith. I believe she came possessing great faith already. It's it's indicated how she addresses him. Thou son of David. I know who you are. You're you're Lord. You're the Lord. So she came with great faith in who he was. Remember, we're dealing Old Testament here. We got to change the reticle. We're looking at this passage. It's not... Uh, salvation and the completed uh, word of God that we deal with. Uh, She came with partial knowledge uh, uh, compared to us anyway. 
But she came with great faith. But yet her faith was challenged in the process. She wasn't going to be content with anything less. We see in the the passage here where verse number 25, then she says that she came and worshipped him. First time he didn't say anything to her. And then she's crying after the disciples. Come on, I'm not going away. You better, you better let them know I'm not leaving. I'm here for I'm here until I'm, I'm here for the duration. I'm here till this thing comes to an end. I, I'm not walking away from this. You, you can ignore me, but I'm not going anywhere. The disciples even come on her behalf then. <laughs> Lord, what, you got to do something with this lady. She's crying after us. Now, I don't know if they were embarrassed or, or what, you know, or just annoyed. I don't know. But the desired result came because he eventually spoke to her. Now, what he said wasn't all too pleasant, but he spoke to her. She came and it was silence, but her persistence paid off. Verse 25, it says, Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord. You see, the first time she came, she came with all that head knowledge about the problem was and and what the outcome should be and and who he was, and that's all good. That was part of her faith. But this, the second part of her prayer, that second prayer here that she cries is a different kind of prayer. What I see here is a woman who grew in her faith just in a matter of a couple minutes. In a matter of, in a matter of moments, she went from this generalized, just kind of before God's throne and knowledge of who he is and what he can do to Lord well, first of all, in, in worship, coming back in worship, I think that's an important word to notice, came back in worship and then came back with the prayer, Lord, help me. What a, what a drastic improvement in prayer life <laughs> in just those couple verses. Lord, I, before your throne, I really need you to work in this situation, this situation, this situation, this over here, and this there. And uh, God, I know you're the creator of the universe, and you're the great physician. And Lord, I'm so thankful for all you do, and I know that you can work this out, and we want it according to your will. Amen. Then there's the second prayer. Worship. Lord, just help. I I understand, I am incapable. Without you, I can do nothing. I have no control of this situation. And so I relinquish any control I have. You are God. Will you help me? Will you work on my behalf? Her persistence is amazing. If first you don't succeed, they say, try, try again. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. 
You want the end results. You want the desired results. You want the blessing to come. You got to stay diligent in this area. And she wasn't content with the silence. She wasn't going to just stop when the silence occurred and when she was directly ignored to face to face with the Son of God. She said, hey, I'm going I'm to continue through this. I'm not going to give up. And if we're going to increase in our faith, we, we can't give up at the first sign of objection. We don't know what's going on. We don't know how he's working. We don't, she didn't know what kind of conversation he's having. Apparently he moved far enough away where the disciples were the one hearing her griefs, her cries. We, didn't, we don't know and she didn't know. But we have to be persistent in it. This is just simply another trial in her life. And my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. She was in a, a process of growing and this silence uh, that was deafening for her was the process of God working in her life and maturing her and increasing her faith. And we see it happen right before our very eyes. Her faith is increased, came before the Lord and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. It's an amazing thing how she challenged his silence. We know in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible tells us, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. What did I miss? diligently seek him. It's not just good enough. It's not a guaranteed promise that he'll reward you just for seeking him. But diligently seeking him is a promise. And we see this woman in diligence pursue a response from her Savior. And not just simply a response, resolution uh, to this situation. And not just her resolution, his resolution. Whatever he wanted to do, it was simply ended up being a prayer of, Lord, help me. Whatever you want. I see what you're trying to do in my life and that you're, you're working in me. Lord, help me. Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 5? Another familiar story here, but Luke chapter 5. Verse number 17. The miraculous story of the, the men who bring the, the leper to Jesus. Luke chapter 5, verse number 17. The, the Bible tells us, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there, was a Pharise, there, there were Pharisees and doctors of law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, objection, right? They could not find a way. There's too many people around. They went up upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith and said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And when he saw T-H-E-I-R, their faith. The faith of the, not just the man in the bed with palsy, the faith of the men who faced objection. 
saw and knew that there was someone in the house that could perform the miracle. They knew there was someone in the building that could solve the problem and weren't going to be turned away simply by the crowd uh, that was stopping them from getting to Jesus. They were going to get up on the roof and they were going to do the work and they were going to take up the tiling and they were going to lower the man through the roof. They were going to find the ropes that were necessary and they were going to get the job done. Why? Because they were diligently seeking after the Lord. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. As we continue through this passage and back in the book of Matthew, I should have told you to hold your finger there, Matthew, and uh, we see in verse number 24, Matthew 24, Matthew chapter 24, get back over there. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 15, verse 24. So verse 23, he answered not his word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Verse number 24, But he answered and said, I am not sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I want you to notice, we're going to skip a verse here. She, she didn't, I'm, I'm assuming she didn't hear this part right here. It's the conversation between the disciples and the Lord. She may or may not have heard it. I don't know. I'm just going to go with the assumption she didn't. But later on, he makes this same principle clear to her in verse number 26. He answered her and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. So we see here that it was not God's plan for him to work in her life. It was not his plan. That was not what was happening. He told the disciples, I'm not sent to deal with this lady. That's, that's not why I'm here. She, I know she's got a problem, and I know she's come to ask me to solve it, but that's not what I'm doing here. And later on, he tells her directly, it's not meat. Uh, meat, uh, meat is uh, proper use of something. It's, it's not proper use of my time. This is, this is not the fulfilling of my job right now. Now, that may be confusing a little bit, but we know that... Uh, Jesus Christ, he didn't come. Remember who this lady was? She was from Canaan. She was a Gentile. And so it was not time. Of Romans chapter 11 makes that delineation for us about the time of the Gentile. It was not time for the Gentile. He came unto his own. That's where Jesus Christ came. And so he had come to redeem and to, uh, to fulfill a promise to the children of Israel uh, that he would be their ultimate sacrifice, the lamb without spot and blemish. And that's what he had come to do. And so this lady comes who's not a Jew and she says, hey, Lord, I know you're the one. You can help me. And so we see the second objection here that she faces. It's not in his plan to help her right now. But she doesn't care. <laughs> now, I know there's that word sovereignty in the, that we know about the Lord. That he's got a perfect plan and that he's in control of every detail. And honestly, I don't think I can explain every little detail of that to you. When or why he may choose or not choose to do something. I certainly can't explain all of the whys. Uh, but we know that he had a plan and this was not his plan right now. That was going to come. He knew it was going to come. He knew that his own would reject him. 
that they would turn away from him, that a time for the Gentiles would come, and their opportunity for salvation would come, but that was not the time right now. I want us to pause right here before we move any further in this point, and I want to ask you a question. How do you feel when you're told you're not good enough for something? Because that's what she was told. I'm not here to help you. I'm here to help those people. We're so easily hurt these days. And if she had allowed hurt to hinder her, her request never would have been answered. She would have walked away. She would have walked away from this encounter with Jesus Christ and her faith would not have increased and, and she, because of her lacking faith, she wouldn't have saw the, the circumstances of her life change. We know that God's plan, it, it really never changes. As in, uh, we know that God is righteous and He's just and He's got it all planned out and it's going to happen the way that He wants it to happen according to His plan and there's nothing unknown to Him but I know that He takes delight in changing our circumstances. We may look at things and say, oh, it's impossible, or this can't happen, or it's too difficult. Uh, But I think the Lord delights in changing our circumstances. And even if you look at the story of Jonah, where he's, he's talking about having to destroy the whole city of Nineveh, and the Bible says that it repented, that he repented. That is not a, a changing of his plan, that's... That's the Lord uh, delighting in not having to perform a consequence, not having to judge his children. And here this, this, this lady, she, she, she may not agree with his sovereignty as it were, but she was committed to it. Hey Lord, whatever your sovereignty is, whatever you want, uh, that's not for me <laughs> to decide. But I'm just going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in your plan. I'm going to trust in whatever you have got for me. What, a, what an important thing for us to get to the point in our lives where we're just committed to the sovereignty of God. I mean, there's a, a prayer list we just went full, went through that's full of things. Brother Chris prayed for people that are going through trials. But there's a plan in that. And the goal is not to question the plan. The goal is to just be resigned to it. To be resolved to it. Resigned, maybe resigned isn't even the right word because that has a connotation of some kind of hesitancy. We ought to just be freely resolved to it. (laughs) Whatever it is. (laughs) Okay, whatever. If you say so, that's the way it is. But. But. And she, she does the same thing and he, he, he calls her out and says, hey, this isn't for you. It's not time. Is it me? It's not, it's not of my purpose to, to give bread to dogs. I'm here for the children of Israel. She's resigned to his purpose. In Luke chapter 18 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And so here she is before the Lord in prayer with a determination. These circumstances, this situation, what I'm going through, whatever it is, Lord, it's not going to hinder me. Whatever, I'm here for you and that's it. 
And I'm going to wait patiently for you to respond. I'm not going to give up. And can I encourage you with knowing that God knows this situations that you're in just like he knows this lady's situation. And that he does have a purpose and a plan for what you're doing and what you're going through, what you're experiencing. And that all things do work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. But she was, she was committed and resolved to just respond in obedience As we continue through our passage this evening, we repeat some of the verses we've already read. Verse number 26, and it says, And he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Then she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Lord, you may have me in the lowliest position. It doesn't matter to me. I'll take just the little good things that you give me. I'll take the little crumbs. I'll take the, I'll take the extras. Lord, you don't even need to pour into my own cup. You can be pouring into somebody else's cup, but let me catch some of the splashings out from that. Let me be the table that it spills on while you're pouring in for someone else. Man, it's such a, an amazing picture of faith. Lord, I'll just, I'll, anything you do for me is going to be good. What hast thou that's th- that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Every good and precious gift cometh down from the Father of lights. And this woman is sitting there knowing she doesn't deserve it, knowing she's not good enough. This is not God's plan. This wasn't who he came to reach. And she just says, I don't care. You may be here for them, but while you're here for them, I'm just going to be as close as I can. Just by chance, some of the breadcrumbs are going to fall off of their table while they're enjoying your benefit and your blessing so I can enjoy some of this. I know if I just stay close enough to you and stay committed to you, no matter what your plan is, that it's going to work out for my good. It's hard to keep that kind of attitude. We're, we are selfish people. <laughs> we want it all. But what about just being content? Just knowing that if you're just in the right place, doing the right thing in the right time, and you're being faithful to him, that he'll be faithful to you. Oh, I don't understand. None of these things are working out. And I mean, isn't that how we get in trouble when things just don't seem to be going our way and, and, and then we lose faith and we go our own direction to solve our own problems? I mean, it, I think probably if God had told me, Steve, you're not worthy. So, well, I guess I'm on my own with this then. Woe is me. Guess I'll just have to go solve. Well, it's just been me. I'm a self-made man anyway. I'll go solve this problem. (laughs) I'll do it my way. (laughs) Worst song for a funeral ever. Don't do that. (laughs) Uh, Don't do it your way. 
Just respond in faith. You may not understand, and it may be difficult, and it may be trying, but he's got a plan. And he had a plan for this lady, and she was submitted to it, and so she overcame this objection just in humility. Okay, it's not me. I know I don't deserve it. It's truth. It's truth. It was truth for her and it's truth for us. We don't deserve it either. But that didn't stop her. It didn't keep her from asking. Lord, I'll take the crumbs. I'll just take the leftovers. Give them to me. What amazing faith. Finally, this evening, we see as we look at verse number 26 again. But he answered and said, Is not meat to take the children's bread? And to cast it to dogs. This is quite the insult. Just a dog. God had a plan and, and she, was, she was committed to his sovereignty, whatever that was. But let's pause for a minute as we've been doing and question once again, how would you feel if you were called a derogatory name? even if it were true. You calling me a dog? I come here asking you for help and you call me a dog? People, we, can, we, we, we could easily respond the wrong way here. Oh, people often do. Why, I can't believe God would do that to somebody. I can't believe he did that to me. I've been faithful for all these years. We hear stories all the time. You've heard the stories. Just like, I've heard the stories. Of somebody was serving the Lord, and then all of a sudden they get their, their feathers ruffled, and uh, they get upset about something, and, and boom, they're gone. Can I reiterate once again that hurt feelings always hinder faith? What if she had got offended? Do you think Jesus lied about what she was? Do you think he was mean-spirited in what he said? Does it come across offensive? Does everyone nod our heads together? At least I'll know you're awake. <clears throat> yeah, it comes across offensive. Yeah, it could be, oh, so, someone's sensitive. Yeah, certainly. Was it true? Yeah. Was God trying to accomplish something in her life? Certainly was. What if she had gotten offended? What if she had come this far in this situation where she, she had gotten past his silence? Oh, and now all of a sudden he's talking to her and she's like, yeah! oh man, it's so sweet. The Lord, I know he's talking to me and I'm talking to him. And that's an amazing thing in a believer's life, is it not? To be at the point where you know you're fellowshipping with the Lord and he's speaking to you and you're fellowshipping with him. And it's so sweet, that sweet hour of prayer and that time in the word. And it's amazing. And she's at that point, man, she's, she's, she's started off slow, but she's, oh man, she's moving now. It was silence and now he's speaking to her and, and, and some objections 
decisions. The, the plans were difficult and the road was rough. And, but she's like, oh no, I'm not quitting now because he was silent to begin. Now he's speaking to me. It's all right. I, I can deal with this as long as he's with me through these difficult times. As long as he's by my side in these trials, uh, I'll be all right. And I, I know I can continue on. You dog. <laughs> what? I can take a lot, but I can't handle that. This is more real than you might think. I mean, I've been through this process <laughs> a couple times. Where it's like, man, I'm, I'm just, things are mountaintop Christian living. And then that road gets a little rough. But that's okay, because the Lord's with me. And then I get my feelings hurt. If she didn't continue through hurt feelings, she'd have never gotten to the end result. Woman, you've got great faith. This very hour, this very hour, the one we're in right now, I'm going to work in your life. She was minutes away from the miraculous. But it could have ended because of hurt feelings. There are so many times that we argue with God. And this had been a great opportunity. He called her a dog and she could have said, well, at least I'm a purebred. <laughs> she, you know, that, like when God, when, God, when God tells us something, he says, hey, Steve, you're getting a little prideful. Well, you know, it's just the talents you've given me, Lord. Vain humility. Or where the Lord is convicting us about sin in our life. Sin that we've justified. And we're feeling like, dogs under his Holy Spirit's conviction and we begin to argue with the Lord well that's, that's why I did this that's what I did. here's the reason this is the, I mean there's good cause for that and we're really good at arguing with the Lord so many of the great men of the Bible there's instances I don't have time to go through them David the Lord said to him, thou hast done foolishly, very foolishly. David's response, truth, Lord. Asaph, thou hast been a beast before God, Asaph. You've been acting like an animal. Truth, Lord. Paul, you're the chiefest of sinners, Paul. It's true, that's who I am. I am so undeserving. I'm just a dog. Dirty, low-down dog. But my feelings get in front of my faith and they take the lead. There's great illustration about the train, you know, you've probably heard it before, the train being facts and then there's the cars that are our faith and then there's the caboose that's our feelings. And too often it's reverse of that. 
Our feelings get in the way and the train doesn't run so smoothly that way. You know, Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 3, it says, And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And this is a prayer that I pray often. Lord, give me quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. Help me to see in an instant what you're trying to accomplish so that I don't get my emotions involved. If we're going to have great faith, we're going to have to overcome some severity. And Jesus was severe with this woman. You're a dog. And she said, well, what did she say there? What does it say? Verse number 27. And she said, truth. You say so, Lord. It's who I am. Will you work with me? Will you work in spite of me? Will you continue to work in me? I'm not advocating to hurt people's feelings on purpose, and they should just get over it. But if you're offended at truth, then your faith is going to be hindered. We need greater faith. Lord, increase our faith. And we see a woman in these short few verses that I think even in these instances, her faith was increasing by the moment. And you know what? God will give you grace in the moment (laughs) to go through the trials that you're going to face. But we all should be working to increase our faith in the Lord. So we see these three things that she did. She challenged his silence. She was committed to his sovereignty and she overcame his severity. And in all of those instances, her faith was made stronger. And in the end, her request was answered. Father, Lord, we do thank you for this evening. We thank you for our time together. And Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts and lives to increase our faith. Lord, there's certainly the reoccurring theme in this whole passage where she could have easily become offended at any given point, And we may in our own minds even justify her. But she kept her emotions in check. And as she kept her emotions in check, she was capable and able to allow you to work in her life, and her faith was increased. Lord, increase our faith. We know that you're a rewarder of those that diligently seek you, and so, Lord, we seek you in this area to increase our faith. If you would stand with me this evening as the piano begins to play, the Lord's